Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I do want to say this. It was an unbelievable season. We made it to the Elite Eight for the first time since TJ Ford was there. We were in elementary school. Yeah. Sweet 16 for the first time since 2008. Kevin Durant was there. We had, you know, the narrative of this team to start the year was, okay, Chris Beard's here. We're a top 10 team. This is a team that can win the Big 12. This is a team that's a sneaky team and maybe not even a sneaky team that can win the whole thing. Chris Beard's scandal happens. Everyone goes, oh, no. Classic Texas. They blow a good roster. They choke once again. They're in the news. It's TMZ. Five-star players. Three-star mentality. Who's Rodney <laughs> Terry? He flopped at Fresno State. He comes in, keeps us exactly on course. We have the season we're pretty much supposed to have. And now he gets the job. And I'm in group text with people. And they're saying, oh, I want a big name. You know, I want a big fish. I want Calipari. We can get whoever we want. First of all, no, we can't. It does not work like that. Because I guarantee you, I don't think Mac Brown was the first choice. I, can't, I don't think Chuck Strong was the first choice. Maybe Herman was because he was a hot coordinator from Ohio State. And I don't, I don't think Sarkeesian was our first choice. The first choice was, was Nick Saban or Urban Meyer. Na- like, neither of that was happening. Exactly. Yeah, we but do we think that, we want. that those guys were... Like, let's talk about realistic choices. And I think that's what your point is, right? Is that, like, Calipari is not going to leave Kentucky, another blue blood school, to come to coach at Texas. Now, some guys would move up, like what Shaka did, to, to try it. To give it a shot. Maybe McDermott. But if he, he's killing he, he's it. He's comfortable. He's comfortable at Creighton killing it over there in the Big East, which, yeah. again, is sending – UConn is probably the favorite to win the whole thing now, and the Big East will win the whole tournament. So why would you leave the Big East when it's just getting better? Yeah, I, you just got to look at the names that are available, and there's not really many guys that would either jump ship or are available. I mean, unless Jay Wright wants to come out of retirement and leave the broadcast booth, but he's chilling right now. He's won two rings. But ultimately, your interim head coach stepped in and took your team to the Elite Eight, and what it's all about is winning as many games as possible. And like you said, this is the deepest tourney run we've had since we had TJ Ford. So I would say that's a massive success for Rodney Terry and the Texas Longhorn basketball program, and especially against the adversity that they were handed with the Chris Beard situation. So why would you look anywhere else? Why? We had, we had one team that lost Northern Iowa. We were the sixth seed in the first round. We were the three seed and lost to Stephen F. Austin in a team that I was like, oh, that's our best team I've ever seen. That's a team that can go to the Final Four. This year with Rodney Terry, and we didn't even have probably our hottest player in the tournament with Dylan DeSue. First, second straight game. So our interior presence is minimal. Their ability to go to the line in the second half was astronomical. And they we out-fouled them by 10-plus fouls. They were perfect from the line. It was almost an anomaly game. Yeah, they had 28 points off free throws. So, like, <laughs> we're probably a Dylan DeSue injury away from going to the Final Four. Now, do we beat UConn? I don't know. They've been absolutely demolishing teams. That Gonzaga game was not even close. 
That was an absolute. The closest a team has got to him all tournament was 15. They, like, they beat the you know what, and I and I feel like this happens with UConn. Like all of a sudden, like we knew Sonogo was good. Jackson's like an NBA player. We we're talking about NBA players. Jackson's an NBA player. Hawkins is probably an NBA player as well. So now they have three guys who are at least NBA caliber players on their team. I would say they're the favorite twin. This SDSU FAU game, I don't even know what to make of that. Um, but I think the hopefully UK- San Diego State. I'm probably I'm, I'm anticipating it's San Diego State UConn final. But again, I mean this. FAU team has won a lot of games this season. They won a lot of games this season. It's just so crazy to me. UConn demolished San Diego State, by and large, took care of business in the first round. FAU is a mistake away from not even making it out of the first round. Miami was down to Drake. That was like our upset pick. They were down to Drake and like on a 13-1 to run. They were down from us, too. We we had a 13-point lead. I mean, they've been coming back all tournament. Yeah, I, SDSU did the same thing against Alabama when they played them. Like yep. and Creighton, they were down in the Creighton game too. There's yep. some there, there's an interesting theory that I've begun to have in these kinds of tournaments. When you're up by a lot with a lot of time left against a good team like San Diego State, like Miami, and you're not in attack mode anymore, and there's kind of a lull in your game. And you kind of, you know, your heart rate, you know, you're, you get comfortable, you get a little more lax right. in your offense. And they're like attack mode, attack mode, go, go, go. It's a bit difficult to pick up, tick back up your pace. And so all of a sudden when these teams start pouring on the points and you look at it, I mean, I was watching Timmy hit free throws, you know, the, uh, on March Madness Instagram because he was seeing with his mom and a story with his mom that they were putting up. Um, we were up by 10 with 9.45 to go. And all of a sudden, I looked. I remember looking back up. It was seventy to sixty-eight. I go, oh my god! Yeah, it happened very, ha- when happened did that very quickly. Happen? They didn't even, they didn't even hit a three in the second half. And we were on our heels at that point. Yeah, they were um, hitting a lot of quick shots. And I looked, I looked. I think it was like sixty something to sixty something with like fourteen minutes left. And I was like, oh gosh, this is a high-scoring game. We don't tend to do very well in these type of games. Right. The games that we do really well in is when we limit our team to lower scores. And of course, like. You know, that's easier said than done, and that's the obvious assumption here. But our offense always is able to keep up. Yeah, and another thing to Coach Terry, like, oh, they're Beards guys. He inherited Beards team. We were so good at limiting teams. We played Colgate, the best three-point shooting team in the nation. Xavier. Xavier. Penn State. All three top 15. They They couldn't hit a three. Miami. Yeah, they beat us. Couldn't hit a three. The defense on the perimeter that he implemented, I thought his game plans were good. It's the first time he lost after leading in the half. This guy, to me, earned his shot. And it's important, you were saying off air, to keep him there so we get a guy like Mitchell who should probably stay to stay. Yeah. Morris to stay. And you can return your team. And that's the key because you look at this Florida Atlantic team. Oh, I mean, this is a, very, this is a vet-heavy Texas team. It's the same thing that well, I all imagine. All the teams that, that made it were vet heads. Right. SDSU has how many? Six, yeah. seven seniors on their team? Like UConn. If you want to be a program that continues to have success, when you bring in a guy who's a five star, like Arterio Morris, you have to retain that talent. You have to keep him on the team. Same thing with Dylan Mitchell. And for him, it's less about him staying. I'm not worried about him staying at Texas if he decides to not declare for the draft, but knowing that he can get a lot better and grow so much as a player in a way that he won't be able to. Um, if he heads to the NBA draft. And, I mean, 
the Texas program has had examples of it, right? Like if I were Terry, I would say like, look what happened with Greg Brown. And now Greg Brown is struggling to retain a roster spot on an NBA team. Didn't develop his game. Proctor and Duke, who it, I think is a better game than Mitchell, is returning. Right. In a way where, like, look, he can get so much better if he goes to the NBA because those, those skills trainers, those developmental coaches are top tier. They're the best in the world. But he won't have the opportunity to go into his sophomore season at Texas and then be like, you are the guy now. Mm-hmm. We need you to be a starter. We need you to play 35 minutes instead of the 20 to 22 minutes you were playing, even though he started every single game for us. He was essentially playing bench player minutes, yeah. right? Yeah, got 13 minutes last game. Yeah. Rim runner, finisher. like Add a mid-range jump shot. Add a little little high post game. Corner three. Become a guy that sets every screen for Tyrese Hunter next season and yeah. rim runs and you know catches slips and then dunks um, and really become a guy that can score like 13 points and, and, and almost average a, a double-double. Then when you head to the NBA draft, like you're a real valuable talent and you have the confidence in your game to back that up. He can average a double-double next season. Yeah. I mean, we saw that that block in that game last the night block. and they were like, oh, is it goaltend? It was like, no, that guy just gets up. He gets, I, they were, we were watching people and one of the non-Texas fans goes, dude, that guy flew. Yeah. And on the, an, the def- one was a defensive foul, which it shouldn't have been. Um, and he that block was incredible, too. Yeah, he's a better athlete than Greg Brown is. But there sure. is a value. You can make money as a college player. There is still a value yeah. to stay and, and grow your game. Uh, real quick, before we move on to Lamar Jackson, Final Four, take your San Diego State, you know, just objectively. Good Final Four. Do we like this, or are we kind of like, meh, a little, a little uninspiring? I don't mind because at the end of the day, like, it sometimes gets boring to see just, like, the Kansas, the Duke, the Kentucky, the Villanova, just like over and over and over again. So I like that we're potentially getting a first-time champion, you know, or a team like UConn that hasn't won in a little bit. Yeah, since but, 2014. But been probably the most dominant team since the 2000s in regards to uh, – do they? will they – if they win this year, will they have the most national championships? They'll have three. Okay. It's close. I don't know if they're the most dominant the UNC team. Nova, they're one of. They're no, certainly one of. Certainly one of. One of the best tourney teams in our lifetime, for sure. Yeah. I would probably say the most dominant college team since the 2000s. Let's say they win. UNC, I think. Yeah. UNC's just been there a bunch. Nova's won. UVA has two. UVA one. has they one. They have one. Kansas. Kansas, Kansas has. because they're dominant in the Big 12. Last year and then but the no, I, I, What I'm trying to say is I think I like that there's a lot of parity now. Duke. Yeah. And that, like, it Duke literally Duke. this shows you that anybody in the tournament can win. Yeah, I would say I agree with that. I think for me it's like 50-50. It's like I understand where some people are coming from and being like, no, this is amazing. None of these teams have been there. This is great. This is what it's all about. Three teams that have never even been to the Final Four. Forget if they even get to the championship. Um, But I also understand from the other side of it where it's like me as a guy who really, really relishes watching tourney games because I get to watch top-tier talent performing at the college level and evaluating from like an NBA standpoint – and seeing guys like come through and have heroic moments like Serge Barry Rice, where it's like now an NBA team might might take a, sh- a swing at that guy, which is awesome. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. A guy like um, you know, like Davion Mitchell, and like what he became, and how how much higher he he flew up draft boards after that Baylor championship. Isaiah Wong, if he could take down UConn, we were missing some of that star power in this tournament. Now in we this were, Final Four, but we were missing that in college basketball this year. I don't know about that. The Alabama the, team that a lot of people were picking. I love Brandon, Brandon Miller. Miller. I like, love Brandon Miller. He sucked this tournament. 
stunk against San Diego State. Not no, not just against San Diego State. He had the, the lowest lowest field goal percentage in, in tournament history over the course of all of his games. For was, for the guy that three had, of, had that many attempts. Yeah. He was three of nineteen. He was brutal again. And that one game, yeah, he was he was not good. But we're just saying like we like Timmy's out now, right? Like Edie got bounced in the first round. Like Brandon Miller, the, the bigger names of college basketball are no longer there. I would I would say like UConn has a couple, right? And then like Isaiah Wong, great that he's there. Matt Bradley's been around in, in college basketball, even though he's not playing well right now. Um, I couldn't tell you, like, any one of these FAU guys, I didn't know them before the tournament started. And, and that's great, but I, I think you're probably, you might see that in the viewership of just less people caring now that it, it, for this next weekend. Uh, yeah, I can't. And I wouldn't be surprised. I, no offense to either of these teams, great that they made it, but I can't imagine there's going to be a lot of viewers for San Diego State FAU. Yeah. But I'm, but Nick will be watching. Nick will be watching. Be supporting our boy. There is a good. I'm glad that it's maybe not Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, and UNC all in the Final Four. Yeah, we get, like. I would be cool with Miami getting, the, and they've been they've been close and close. And, and Jim Laranega's the first time since he was with George Mason, ironically the head coach there. It's so incredible. He, he's been to the Final. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.